a, a specific journey with the Lord. And I went to Niels and I said, because I knew the Lord wanted to speak about His love. And I went to Niels and the added bonus was the way that he brought that word. And, and the way that the Lord worked through him to talk about the great, great love of God. Because that was absolutely amazing. And it was so what was needed. And building into what the Lord is busy speaking about. Because I continue this morning in the same vein. Because we've been, last year, I, I warned you guys, that last year there was a lot of speaking about character. There was a lot of speaking about my role and how we must allow the Lord to work in me and, and be open and transparent with the Lord so that He can change us. Because there's stuff for us to do in the kingdom. He wants to use every one of us. And all of that is true. But at the start of this year, let me at least drink the water that he brought for me. <coughs> the water was not part of the plan. And, and at the beginning of this year, I clearly heard the voice of the Lord say, for this next season, for what he wants to work in us and through us, it is important that we know who we are in him. And so we started off this year by speaking about what was the two things that we highlighted? What are we? Who are we? Who are we? I am a bride of Christ. I'm his bride. What is the second thing that I am? You see, let's laugh at that. Owens? Son and daughter. So the two things, who I am. I said, what were I chosen for? I was chosen by God for good works. That's the what. But then we said, who? have I been chosen for? I've been chosen for, for Jesus to be His bride. And I've been chosen for God, the Father, to be His son and His daughter. That's who I am. And it is important for us to make certain shifts in our heart to realize, hang on, I'm not just here to do stuff. I'm not just here to, to do works for God, but I am also here to be something or someone to him. I am a son, I am a daughter, I am a bride. Because one day, all of this is going to go away. There's going to be no church set up, there's going to be no tea table to, to make up, there's going to be no kids ministry, there's not going to be no churches. Like, uh, so there's going to be no opportunity for you to do anything for God. The only thing that will be left over is what I am. A bride and a son and a daughter. And so if we only focus on what I need to do here, I'm going to lose focus of where am I actually in. Because I said this as well. We are all going to end up at the, at the same place. And that is for a council. In front of a, 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 a throne. A, council, a, throne, a throne. And the Bible says Jesus is going to stand next to And we're going to get married to Him. And it's going to suck if one day we're going to stand in front of Jesus. And for the first time we're looking eyes and, we, and that intimacy is not there. That love is not there. And we're going to say, yes, yes, sir, I, I did a lot of things for you, sir. But there's no relationship. Yes, sir. He doesn't want you to come there and say, yes, sir, I did my best for you, sir. No. It's, it, I am his bride. It's supposed to be Jesus. I love doing these things for you because you saved me. You, you changed me. You talked with me in the mornings and you gave me these ideas. You said, hey, Philip, I want you to send a little message to Chris. I want you to just, just share my heart with him, just share my love with him. 
yes, Jesus, I'll do it. I'll anything for you, Jesus. And I go, I send him. That's where our work starts from. That's where our work starts from. And it's something that the Lord has been speaking to me a lot in this recent time. And especially last year, the Lord ripped me off pride and performance and duty. Doing all of this because I have to. Anyway, running ahead of myself. So, it's super important for us to, to look at these things and understand who am I. Because I believe this year, the Lord is going to again shift focus at some point and it's going to go back to what we need to do. Because there's certain things that we need to do in the kingdom. There's certain things the Lord says. The last thing that, that Jesus did is He said, go out into the world. He gave us an instruction. He gave us a, a thing to, to obey. So we're going to go back to instructions. We're going to go back to what Jesus' heart is for us to do. But this time around, there's something of the Lord wanting us to come from the right place, from the right starting point in our hands, knowing who I am, when I do these things. And so this morning we're going to look a little bit further. And I'm going to continue to paint this picture of, but this time around it's who I am, who I have been chosen for. Now we're going to look where is all of this going to play off. And there's probably more areas, but there's a specific place where the Bible mentions where we get to spend time with the Lord. And I'm wondering, just come and sit at the end front. Slaan hem op. En dan uh, net niet zo. En dan geef ik wat twee people die gaan just sit on this side. Mom and dad, just sit here. Wie is die klein die Just sit there. Doe je That you guys are still, you're going to sit here for the whole time. This is, this is just, I want to create a picture that the Bible created. This is not a villain picture, this is a biblical picture. This is something that the Bible speaks of, that we are sitting at the table. We're all sitting at the table. So we, this morning we're going to speak about seated at the Father's table. This is what I can verstaan om weg te trek. Ek is by dat sy twee. Kijk naar die dingen, I can't understand what's going on here. Alright. And so Niels also talked about this great, great love of the Father. And it is through that same lenses that we need to look at this morning when we speak about the table. Because this table can either be a place where we have a business meeting, or it can be a family table. And I loved how Niels brought in the love of the Father. Great, great love of the Father that we don't even get to understand because sometimes if we don't understand that love, this becomes a meeting table. And the Lord stands in front and says, Chris, uh, you forget This becomes a meeting where God gives us instructions on what to do during the course of the week, how we should do this, and that type of thing. So this morning we're going to look at Mephibosheth. 
Continue with our story with Mesibeth the Chef. 2 Samuel 9, verse 7. Now, this is Mesibeth. Well, just take it off quickly, otherwise I'm not everybody's going to read. David then summons Mesibeth. He says, Come to me, I want to speak to you. And Mesibeth comes and stands in front of David. And David says the following to him. He says, yeah. He says, Don't be afraid, David said to him. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. 
I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. What did, we said this two weeks ago, and Niels also reflected on that last weekend. What did Mephibosheth do to deserve this? It was a promise made to Jonathan. Mephibosheth didn't get the promise. There was an inheritance involved. He was born into that promise because of the promise he made to Jonathan. Did you deserve to get the kindness, the grace, and the forgiveness of Jesus? No. It was God's promise. It was His initiative, not even to us to His Son. I'm preparing a bride for you, Jesus. And that's when Jesus came and He prepared Himself and He came and He sacrificed Himself so that we can come to the Father. So, the same thing that happens there, but look at that promise. Man, the great, great love of the Father. Show you kindness for the sake of your I will restore all the land. Look, now let's, let's look at the parallel. Luke 4. What did Jesus come and do? The parallel. Jesus says this about himself. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Verse 19. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to you and I. What did we do to deserve that? Nothing. It's God's initiative. It's God's plan. It's God's heart coming through. We don't deserve anything. It's not due to my works. I didn't get that promise before or after I started doing stuff in the church for Him. After I led people to the Lord for Him. That promise was made before I was born. Before I was given a thinking on this earth. God made that promise to you and to I. You get that? The promise was made before Mephibosheth was born. When it was just Jonathan and Nathan, David. Nathan. It's very important that we understand that. Because there's a promise and there's an invitation of the Lord. That is in front of all of us. And the thing is, what happened is, is we come and stand in front of Jesus. And there's two things that happen. It's important for us again to realize this. And I don't know the logistics of it. And some people don't go through that. I went through that. And that's where this preach was born uh, in my own heart. I preached this in Somerset West seven or eight years ago. When I went through through a bit of a difficult time in my own relation into God. I related to him very much as a servant. Struggled to see myself as a son. And there's two things that happens. This promise becomes my inheritance the day that I give my life to Jesus. It's not automatic. There's a condition to that. I must give my life to my child Christ I must give my life to the Lord. There has to be that point where I do that. And then after that, all of these promises becomes my inheritance in Christ, the Bible says. But the thing that what happens is then there's a relation after that. There is walking in that promise that sometimes we struggle with. But coming to the Lord for the first time sometimes is easier because sometimes we don't even understand that as an unsaved person. Sometimes we don't understand that yet. We don't even know these promises. We don't even know that I need more saving than I need now. I just think that all I need now is the saving that I'm coming. Oh Lord, I'm saved. And then the Lord comes and He says, My boy, 
You are blind in some areas. I need to, I need to give you eyes so that you can see. You are oppressed in some areas. I want to make you free. You are bound in some areas. I want to free you from the shackles. And then there comes as an end. Sometimes through that we struggle to relate to that. If we're a servant. And we're going to come to that now. I'm going to explain that a little bit further. Just to make it a little bit easier. Because the thing is this. Our nature. And the enemy. And the results. And the effects of sin. Sometimes brings us down to condemnation. Because when we get to sit at the table. When we come to this table of the Lord. Are we perfect? Because they give the, all of these four people have given their lives to the Lord. And the Lord said, now I'm giving you a seat at my table. I'm giving you a seat at my table. Are they perfect? Sinless? No. They come and get a sitting as they are. As they are, they come to sit here. And what happens is now is it's condemnation. The results of sin. The results of our sinful nature. Sometimes oppression, as we see in Luke 4. The attack of the enemy that reminds me of my past. Comes to me while I'm sitting at the table. And then I struggle to relate to my father. I struggle to relate to him. I struggle to walk in the things that he has for me. Because of the results of these things. And then we've got this following reaction. You know what, 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 what his reaction was to David? Let's read Fascinating. Look at this. Methuselah bowed down and he said, What is your servant that will notice a dead dog like me? A dead dog like me. And it's so often our reaction when God wants to come closer to us at this table. And I feel like a dead dog. Because all I can look at is the sin that I did yesterday and the stuff that I'm struggling with. And I look at them, sometimes I walk with you guys and I see you struggling. You know, you run away and you isolate and you get all get back for a while and it's just, don't run away. Stay in the table. Luke 5, look at John, uh, Peter's response. Jesus came. I'm not the opposite. I'm not the opposite. Sorry, Carla. I can Carla again. Jesus met Peter the fishing boats and he said, Peter, I want you to follow me. And Peter's reaction was very much like Mephibosheth. He said the following, Luke 5. When Peter saw, saw this, it was when uh, all the fish came into the net. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. That's so often what happens in our hearts when we struggle. And it's not just struggling with sin. I want to make that point very clear. Sometimes we struggle with our character. Sometimes we struggle with ourselves. Sometimes we struggle with our inability to do the things that God's expecting us to do. Sometimes we struggle with our own disobedience. With our impatience. Sometimes we struggle with one another. You go to life with my brother. Sometimes we struggle with one another. And it makes us want to get up from this table and walk away from the table that God has set out for us. The 
Because the fact of the matter is, we are sinful, but we're also His sons and His daughters and His bride that He's working in. And it's, sometimes it's difficult in us. See, Mark Lippney, and this is why God illustrates these things to us, and that's why God breaks these things open to us, to help us, because He understands this, this difficultness. And Paul says this, Paul realizes this, and let's, let's see what Paul, Paul can associate with all of us. He says this in, 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 in Romans, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not, for what I hate to do, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the Lord is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my soulful, sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I want to do, you, you see that man, that sounds like a confused dude. And often that is what happens on the inside of us, and we don't realize that. Yes. Sometimes it literally tears us apart. There was a time in my life where I was addicted to alcohol. I am still addicted to alcohol. If I drink now, I probably won't. Oh, no, 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 no. So anyway, it's not the point. And there was a time when I was addicted to alcohol. And in that time of addiction, I loved Jesus. I loved Him with all of my heart, everything in me. But I was addicted to alcohol. And what happened is, is, is I would struggle and I would, I would have a drink and I would feel guilty and I would have a drink and I would feel guilty. And that tore me apart. It did something in my inside that would just, oh, never want to go back to that again. In that specific thing. And, and, and what, what also happens is it's the same thing with duty. Whenever we function from a place of duty, I have to do this. I need to go, to, I have to go to the gathering. I have to come to community on a Wednesday evening. I have to be on church on a Sunday morning. I have to send someone a message of love. You know? When it comes from a place of duty, it's when it becomes difficult as well. Because it comes from me. You know, it doesn't come from... And then we, we, we get in all like a tiff. Like a oh, oh Lord! This is so difficult, this burden that you have put on me to go to church this morning, Lord. I will do Lord, because I love you. And it's because it's not birthed in Him. It's because it comes from a different place than being a son and a daughter. And that sometimes tears us apart, because then you come two weeks later to church and you feel guilty for the first half an hour when you sit here. And it's difficult. It's difficult for us. So we're going to come to the solution just now. I'm just creating a... Now, sorry, how long break it now? I'm still long. Okay, now I'm still good. What also happens is now is that Scripture comes to us. Not even us. Not even your own guilty feelings or not the enemy. Scripture comes to us. And it paints this picture of what you should look like. Let's quickly look at that. Look what Scripture does to us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who has got that under the belt? None of us. 
So sometimes we look at these scriptures and we look at, and it's not just this one, there's another one. Uh, Colossians 3, look at this one. Therefore, as God's chosen people, this is Paul talking now. Look at the standard that this man is talking about, for goodness sakes. I mean, can I, do you know who I am? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another uh, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds all together in perfect unity. Perfect unity. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect, for goodness sakes. Will we ever be perfect? How can he put this on us? How can Paul put this on us? Then he, then he looks at us and he says, this is what, this is what Holy looks like. This is what I want you to look like, God's chosen people. And if we look at this from a servant's perspective only, from a sinful person's perspective only, I'm telling you this is impossible. And we are going to be constantly at the same, you're going to run around the same circle the whole time. Sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord. Okay, I'm going to try again. Oh, sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. Okay, wait, I'm going to try again. Sorry, Lord, sorry, Lord. You're going to circle the same thing over and over and over in your spiritual walk. And you're going to come be so discouraged at some point you're going to lose your faith. I promise you that. Because it almost happened with me. You see, as a sinful man, it is impossible. As a servant only, it becomes a lot of work. But as a son, we look at our father and we say, help me, dad. You see the difference? You see the difference? As a sinful person outside of Jesus, it's impossible. As a servant only, it becomes a lot of work that is on your shoulders, your responsibility. As a servant only. But as a son and a daughter and a servant of the Lord, it comes in. But my dad, I need your help. Holy Spirit, come. I can't do this on my own. I can't live up to this, Lord. I need your help to help me in this. What's the father's perspective? What's the father's perspective? We're going to read out of 2 Peter 3. Look at what, what the Lord says. Look at what the Lord, our dad. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand so. Instead, he's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Do you, do you know that your dad is patient with you? With your faults, with your weaknesses, with the things that you struggle with. He's patient with you. He's got a lot to do. The next one. Romans 2, verse 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness intended to lead you to repentance? <laughs> I thought I could do this. Andrew does this. He takes his ship jersey and he continues talking. How did he get there? Do you see what's, what's, how God's heart is for us? He's kind. Verdraagsaam. You can go Afrikaans and go to the He's patient with us. That's God's heart. But there is a key to that. 
And we're going to come back to the table just now. Ephesians 1 says, and, and you can wait before you put it on cover. In Christ. In Christ. Romans said, Paul says, just because there's grace doesn't mean I have to now sin more. So that grace can be mine. So it's actually only, I love it when he only forgives me. Does it mean I must make a man more often so that she can forgive me more often? No. That's not the objection, object, uh, that's not the purpose of grace. Grace is not there so that I can sin more and just come back and say, Lord, I know your, your forgiveness is always mine so I can just do what I want and come back to you and say, sorry Lord, I'm forgiven. Sorry Lord, I'm forgiven. That's not the point of grace. I continue as I am. The point of grace is to empower me to change. And so what happens is, is that the fact that we get to call Him Dad, the fact that we get to call Him Father, the fact that God is patient with us, the fact that God is the grass with us, is only because we are in His Son. In His Son. So when He looks at me, He doesn't see my faults, He doesn't see my sin, but He sees His, his Son, Jesus. And Jesus at that moment speaks to the Father and says, Father, I'm busy with Him. Just give me more time. I'm busy with more. I know, I know there's faults, I know there's mistakes, but you know what, Lord? Mark is in me. I'm busy with him. He, he surrendered to me, Father. He surrendered to me. He submitted to me. When I speak to him, he changes. So just give me more time with him. I'm busy with him. But the minute that we are not in Christ, when the stub stubbornness comes over us and say, Lord, moment, this is mine. I'm not surrendering this thing. We will move out of Christ. Then we're not in Christ. And this is very important for us to understand this concept. God's patience it's because we are in His Son, Jesus. If we move out of His Son, Jesus, it's a different matter. Do you get that? It's very important that we get that. Ephesians 1 says this, in Christ. Listen to this. I'm going to read this in Afrikaans. And God the Father from us, Heer Jesus Christus, kom al die lof toe. Hy het ons in Christus geseen met al die sedinge van die geest wat daar in die hemel is. In Christus. Sien jy wat? Ja. In Christus. The inheritance in Christus. So het hy nog voor die wereld geskep is. Ons in Christus. Uit, sien jylle? In Christus. Uitverkies om heilig en onberispelik voor hom te wees. Is ek heilig en onberispelik voor God, sonder Jesus? No, I'm not. If I'm not in Christ, if I haven't given my life to Him, and I stand in front of God, I will surely die. One day. Not now. In sy liefde, in, again, in, in sy liefde, het hy ons volgens sy genade beskikkel, oor toepuk daarvoor bestem, om dier Jesus Christus, sy kinders te wees, sien jy dat weer? Through Jesus Christ, not on my own. It's not because I accepted God, now, now I become his son, it is only because of Jesus. It is only because of Jesus that I get to call him Father. Daarom moet ons God prijs vir sy wonderlijke genade wat hy in die geliefde vrylik aan ons geskenk het. Maar vir my God's initiative. Vrylik. Wat? In his son, Jesus. No other way. Dier die bloed van sy seen is ons verlos. 
en is ons oortredende vergewe krachtens die rijke genade van God, wat hy in sy wijze en in sy supervloedig aan ons geskenke, dier die bloed van sy seen. Super important that we never forget about Ephesians. Otherwise we go over to what some churches do. Hypergrace. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter what it is. We all go to the same God. It's just through this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this prophet and this prophet. We believe it is only through Jesus that we go to the Father. And we can stand in front of the Father. Blameless. You get that? Now... I'm going to end it off. I'm coming in for a landing. There's a table that God has set out for us. And God's heart for you is, is that you come to this table. And what do you do after you've come to sit at the table like this? What's God's heart? Eat. Eat. Yeah. You're refreshed. Fellowship. What else? get up from the table. And now I want to ask you, and be honest now, on my hands is raised. Still to this day, from time to time, in some way in my heart, I get up from the table. Excuse myself. Sometimes it's my sin, sometimes it's my weakness. Because I realize God is sitting here as well. Jesus is sitting here as well. Chris is sitting here. I follow, I stumble, I do something that I should not be doing. Or maybe Chris sees in that different side of me. Ongeduldige kant. I think Demi that works with me and Nathan that works with me sometimes see that part of me that is not as refined, not as purified yet. When I come under pressure, I don't always react that well. And they've seen different parts of me that perhaps you guys haven't seen. And then every part of me wants to get up from that table and say, no, and I isolate away from you guys as the body is the family. I excuse myself from the table. I do something and I feel so guilty, I feel so ashamed in front of God. And I say, Lord, let me just first sort it out, Lord. I just want to get this part, I, I just want to deal with this, Lord. And I get up as a servant, I'll work at this, I'll do this, Lord, I'll get this done. And when, I, when I've got this fixed, then I'll come and sit back at the table. God's heart is that we remain at the table. Let's, con- let's finish the, the, the one with, with Mesibushtesh and Meshef that happened. Look at this. I want to do something. I want to show you the videos quickly. I want to show you the videos quickly. There's two videos that I've done. There's no sound to this, but I want to just quickly... What is your picture? What is your picture? of this table, in your own life, in your relating to God. Is this a business table? And the video I'm going to show you now is two things. Da Vinci painted a picture of the Last Supper with Jesus. And he painted this picture where they're all sitting there, formal, and Jesus is there, and everybody's got their best clothes on. And it looks so formal. And then there was once this video or movie that I watched, I've got a clip of it where Jesus sat with his disciples. And there's the centurion that walks into the room. And as he walks into the room, he sees Jesus sitting around informally. Brothers, sharing a meal. 
loving. And then there's this disciple, Thomas, doubting Thomas, that runs into the room and he sees Jesus after and Jesus hugs him. He loves him. And that's that picture where I believe sometimes we're missing the point. We're missing what this table actually looks like. Where it's like a meeting table. And we pull up our chair and we sit at the meeting with the Lord. Just play that quickly, Shakanta. That's Jesus sitting at the table. There's a second one that I want to show you. You know, that this is also the place, the table, where we actually learn to find our feet as His sons. Do we, do we arrive at the table as mature, adults, perfect as we said earlier? No. It's where we get to learn the ropes. It's where we get to learn how our father's heart works. This is where we can make mistakes. This is where we can fall down and not feel guilty about that, but just remain with him. I'll show you another picture of. Yeah, you can just play that. There's no sound to this one. Stop trying to train yourself away from God. 
stop trying to get yourself ready or away from God. This is where He gives you your first steps into new areas. This is the place where He teaches you character. This is the place where we get to find our feet as His sons and His daughters, as His bride. Not away from Him. Last scripture. Last two scriptures. 2 Samuel 9. Look at this. This is so beautiful. Look at how this thing ended. Then Ziba, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So the servant said, ate at David's table like one of the king's son. You see, he's not anymore Jonathan's son that is crippled. He was like David's son. There's a restoration that happens only at the table. Remain there. Stay there. Like one of the king's sons. And Methibosheth had a young son named Mikael. All the members of Ziba's household were servants of Methibosheth. He gave him servants. He gave him servants. And Methibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. And he was lame with both feet. And I love how the Lord puts that in. He'll never be perfect, guys. We'll never be perfect. We might still have our brokenness with us. We're still going to carry it with us. Even my mom has, has, has weaknesses and sin in her life. At the table for 40, 50 years or whatever. We all carry that. We're still going to have that. But he always ate at the king's table. Last scripture. This is David speaking. He knows about this. Listen to this. You prepared a feast for me. When? 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 us with oil and where he is the one that empowers us to deal with our enemies not away from the table is that good so i want you guys